Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. This is episode 568 of the show, all on leadership styles. So listen to this episode and identify which one of these types of leadership you may be and see how you can grow through that. With that said, I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. And if you do love it, I want to let you know that the Boss Lee Accelerator Coaching Program is open and available for anybody listening to this. You can head over to bosslee.com and you can look up coaching packages, or you can also look at the show notes in this and check that out as well. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode on leadership styles. I think it's going to give you a lot of you clarity on who you are and where you are in your journey and hopefully help you move forward. If you love the show, make sure you screenshot this, share it in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee. Feel free to leave a five-star review and don't forget to subscribe. Love y'all. Appreciate you. Enjoy episode 568 of the show. So Today's training is going to be about uh, different leadership styles and frameworks that you can utilize to lead your teams and your businesses. So I love this call. Uh, It does excite me. And so um, I know that this is one of those things where if we can get our leadership even more developed, I really think that is one of those things that just changes everything for everyone. And what I mean by that is when I look at my growth and the reason why I've become the leader I am, I think the company's rather let me backtrack that. I know the companies that grow the fastest and grow the most stable are the ones that put an emphasis on developing their leaders. And so I was very lucky if I can take you back to 2000 and oh, I don't know, 12 or 13. Uh, I was with a company that although it clearly did not work out with them and clearly we went our separate ways and the compensation didn't make sense, et cetera, et cetera. They put a very strong em- emphasis on leadership. Uh, we would go to these senior board of directors meetings and basically be locked in a room for two days. And it was, just hammer people with leadership, directive, coaching, skill sets, etc. And the interesting thing about leadership for those of you who are thinking to yourselves, maybe, oh gosh, I just I don't feel like I'm growing in my leadership enough, is and maybe this is gonna help a lot of you, so you might want to write it down. You won't notice your leadership growing until you need to use it. Okay? You it, it's in anything though. You won't notice your communication skills getting better until you have to use them. You won't notice your sales skills are better until you're trying to sell more. Leadership is just one of those things that is a slap in your face, like wah bow, you know, immediately you're like, whoa, I did not even realize that I had actually internalized all the times that maybe Jesse Lee said it or whoever else you're listening to, you know, you know, said it. So uh, my exposure then from only, not only those senior board of directors meetings where I felt like I was learning nothing, but clearly I was, and then into normal board of directors meetings where I felt like I was learning nothing and clearly I was, and then all these different seminars and events and all this stuff that just starts to shift your mind into the person and the leader that you want to be. Uh, you know, I see myself, hear myself rather talking and I will listen back sometimes and think, wow, we have come a far way. So I hope that for all of you and that is kind of, but, but really one of the first things you need to learn is your leadership style. So you can learn where your holes are. You can learn what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. You know, when you need to maybe invite in a third party, you know, when you need help with something because maybe it's not the thing that you're best at yet. And then it's really cool when you end up being in leadership action and you recognize about yourself, whoa, wow, I am doing the thing. Like, how many of you have had a moment where you sat there with your team who's maybe barking at you or something and your normal reaction would be to bark back? Uh, I don't know why I'm referencing dogs, but your normal reaction would be to bark back. And instead of that, you're just like, cool, I'm gonna go ahead and hear the other side of this conversation. I would just be interested to see where they're coming from and then I'll come back to you. Or you start to realize, whoa, we're gonna put some leadership boundaries around this person because you, I don't owe people access to my energy and they are really sucking it from me like a fire hose, right? So anyway, 
All right, so leadership styles, though, quite frankly, all it is is we're, we're, we're going to go through different characteristic behaviors that you default to when you're directing people or you're trying to inspire people or you're guiding people or you're coaching people or you're doing whatever. Because every single one of you now has a group right? Now, some of your groups are very big. Some of your groups are smaller. Some of you are somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter. You start with a smaller group and then you move out, right? And the reason I really want to harp a bit on leadership is because great leaders are the ones who change the world. You know, great leaders are the ones who get people's attention. Great leaders are the ones who can actually make people think differently when they've been so stuck in their ways. And you'll notice how strong of a leader you are when you get put in a situation where you do have to lead someone through it and you're watching someone who maybe is a little stubborn or a little bit usually combative with you back down. And that's just leadership, right? And I don't mean back down like cower to you. I mean, they'll stop for a minute and be like, I don't usually like what Kelsey says, but I think she might be right in this one, right? If you start seeing that happen, okay? So I want us all to become world-class leaders because you will have the ability to motivate a lot more people, inspire a lot more people to perform, to create, to show up, to innovate, etc. And if you look at our team, one of the things that I love the most about our leadership group is the amount of skill sets that are so tremendously different that get to show up here because there is an, there is an opportunity, because there is somewhere where you're motivated and inspired to show up with your own skill sets. You want to perform in your own ways. You want to create with your own things. I, I don't know whose idea it was to make these images for Empire Games, but I can promise you it wasn't me. I don't know whose idea it was to make these beautiful, you know, you're on this team with this beautiful list of names. I assure you it wasn't me. And I also assure you the person knew that I would not go, hey, what are we doing here, soul snatchers? Okay, people knew I wasn't gonna go screaming at people. And Brie got to stay, so it was Brie. Brie got to stand, step into her power and perform where she feels most comfortable without feeling like, oof. Okay, so, you know, uh, Prove It does this a lot, but if you haven't already taken the opportunity to write down the characteristics of what you identify as a great leader, it's such a good exercise. And it's something you can do every six months to a year because you're going to evolve in your leadership. You're going to change as a leader. You're going to start seeing different things where you go, huh, I used to think leadership was making sure you're top in sales or making sure you're top in recruiting or making sure you're, you know, um, always at every single event or whatever. But then you start shifting. You start thinking, huh, I think leadership is more like, yes, the recruiting is important, but how how, can, how, how many core ranks can I develop? How many MVPs can I get on our team? How many, uh, how many champs can I develop this year? These are the kinds of conversations you should really all be starting to step into. I think it's awesome. We have a lot of the top sellers in the company on this call. I think it's a lot cooler if and when you become the top MVP developers, right? It's a shift in your leadership. It's a shift in everything. And for the first time ever, we have a company contest where nobody's going to come close to me. No, there, it, it will be a stratospheric difference because for the first time ever, leadership in this in, is being recognized, right? You look at the leaderboard for Bahamas, which 100%, I expect every single one of you to win. Okay, earn whatever word you want to use, okay? We have to make sure we're leading for the front for sure, okay? It's not difficult to win, so like, let's just make sure we're doing that. But the reason I'm at 4,000 points and the next closest is at whatever, 700 or something, is because of my personal recruiting, not only recruiting, but shifting it into, okay, how can I get Whitney to MVP the fastest? How can I get Candace to MVP the fastest? I need Mark and Renee to be MVP. I need Alicia to be MVP. Sam and Dean got to be MVP. I got to develop more champs. I got that, 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 that. 
So leadership will evolve. And so you may look at leadership as one thing today. I would encourage you, like I said, maybe set an alarm in your phone from six months to today and just start writing down the characteristics. Think of a great leader in your mind, you know, from the past, maybe your personal life, maybe a job you used to have, maybe the team, maybe an upline, from whatever, doesn't matter. And start writing those things down so you can start to identify it. Because as you shift as a person, your idea of a good leader will also shift, okay? So the cool thing also is you'll notice like, uh, I don't know, in the chat, if you guys can put down maybe some great leaders you've seen before, right? You, you've watched these people, like, a, you know, obviously I never saw him, but like a Jim Rohn or something, okay? Or you watch somebody, well, it doesn't matter. It could be, uh, it could be Michael Jordan, a great leader, right? It could be anybody. But if you want to put them in the chat, a whole bunch of names of people. I just used two names of two very different people. Okay, you guys don't want to participate. That's fine. Okay, so we got Jay Shetty. We got Gary Vee. So we have two other names. Okay, that's four different names where I will also tell you they're probably very different leaders, right? If if I'm saying those four names, think about them. Some you might say are very loud. Some of you might say are very present. Some of you, you might say are very calm. Some of you might say, oh, uh, what, um, you know, very well-spoken, um, very good at convincing people to do things, very good at creating a movement, uh, very good at being the boss, right? Very good at not backing down, very good at boundaries, very good at being the top performer, right? But these are different things. If I'm talking top performer, I was describing a characteristic of a Michael Jordan. I'm not talking about a Jay Shetty. I'm not talking about a Gary Vaynerchuk. And I'm not talking about a Jim Rohn, right? Now, Jim Rohn might have been a top recruiter way, 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 way in the past, but he evolved into a leader of a movement. You understand? So there's all different kinds of characteristics. You start to identify it. So there's not one kind of leader you have to be. And so you'll start to notice there's different patterns that you step into. And there's so many different frameworks of this, and there's nothing wrong with any of them, um, but we need to pay attention to where we are so you start to see, hey, how can I be more effective at inspiring people to perform well? How can I start moving people that are, that are identifying more as a Jay Shetty instead of more like a Gary Vaynerchuk, right, or a Danny Johnson, like you said, or an Eric Worre, or an ET, or whatever, okay? So the first style of leadership is authoritative, uh, um, uh, autocratic, sorry, I'm like, what is the word I'm looking for? Autocratic leadership. Okay, authoritarian leaders or autocratic leaders, these are people who have very, 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 very clear expectations. Okay, like this. Okay, they're the authority. Okay, clear expectations about uh, when something has to be done, clear expectations of what is expected, clear expectations of timelines, of details, of if, if, if this doesn't get down, this get done, there's gonna be a big problem. You know, immediately when I said that, I started to think of an Elon Musk. Elon Musk is, de- is very much so somebody who sees this huge picture, and then it is not his job to do the little stupid stuff. Like, Elon knows he's going to Mars, but Elon is not building rocket ships, you understand? Elon is not the one saying, oh, do it with infinite timelines. He's one of those people who probably says, we're going to Mars by 2024, Oh, so you don't think that's possible? I suggest you figure out how it's possible because that's how we're going to do things around here, right? It's very much so this directive sort of like in your face, um, like, you know, we've got to get, get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done style of things, okay? By the way, if you happen to see people on here that are not champs, I just saw, I just looked up and saw somebody, let me know um, in the chat quickly so I can remove them, okay? Because this is an earned call. Y'all earned it. So awesome, okay? So Anyway, this style of leadership is strongly focused on 
both command by the leader and also control almost of the followers, okay? It's like this clear division. This is the leader, these are the followers. This is the leader, these are the followers, right? Um, the autocratic leaders tend to make decisions very independently, Okay, so it's not collaborative. It's not Senyo, what do you want to do? It's not Sam and Dean, what do you think uh, is the best idea for, for this? It's, it's very, this is how it has to be done. Uh, it would be something like if I were running Empire Games with its entirety and not allowing Megan to go back and forth to me in a text thread over and over again, which is so, so valuable if you ask me, okay, uh, with, with no input. Right? And so this decision making, the problem with the decision making when you do it like this is it's very uncreative. Right? If you're under an, uh, an authority position where everything has to run through you, it's almost this mindset of, I know what the best thing for everybody is. Okay, But that's not necessarily true at all. Again, if you look at our team as a whole, the collaborative leadership is what has grown us as large as it's grown. I've never stepped on Stacey Job's toes that I know of, okay? I've never told Mark and Renee, you're incapable of doing whatever. I've never told Danielle, hey, what are you doing up there in Canada and Cheryl and Canada? You know, like I've never been like that. I don't think that's useful either. And so um, if you're a little too far on this side, now this is not necessarily a bad leadership style, by the way. Sometimes it's kind of necessary, especially when you're working with new, 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 new people. Okay, they need to be told what to do. These people on your team who think they know how to lead a team and I in the past, oh hell, will you stop, please? Okay, you know these people. We all have these people. Sometimes you got to reel them in and say, uh, no, I actually wasn't looking for an opinion on this. Patricia, I'm kidding. She's amazing. All right, I wasn't looking for an opinion opinion on this. I was just letting you know this is how the Empire Games are going to be run. But thank you so much. Um, I will collaborate with you possibly next time, depending on your personal performance. Okay. So sometimes though, if you're trying to have this kind of leadership over people and it's not yet earned by you, it can be that leadership where you look back and you go, oh, she was so controlling. Like Jenny Lynn Curry is so controlled. Just kidding. All right. Or super bossy or almost this dictator leadership. Now, you're going to have some people on your team who are going to think this about you no matter what. So, my sweethearts on here, probably like my Shauna's and my Joellen's, you know, my Jen Manning's, my little sweethearts. Okay. It's going to hurt your feelings, right, Kristen Morris? Okay. You know, when they're like, she's so bossy. She is always at. Okay. Like, whatever. Um, oh, my. That little squeak. Zoom just said, are you playing music? <laughs> Oh, Zoom, no, I'm not playing music. Let me turn that off, like my own little squeaky rat voice, okay? But anyway, there's definitely sometimes you'll, you will have to switch into this kind of leadership. What did Megan say? Oh, Lordy, Lord, Lord. Oh, gosh, okay, let me just ignore this chat up with y'all, all right? Uh, when there's no time for group decision, all right? So when you're in a, in a very quick, I got to make a decision right now, that kind of rapid decision, decisive action, and you know it's the right thing to do, it's, there's nothing wrong to being, with being an autocratic leader in that situation. Does that make sense? Like your leadership can shift based off a situation. All right, the next style, second style, I see a lot of this on, on our team for sure, is this participative leadership, okay? And I think that this is something we do very well, and I think this is a very effective leadership style, okay? If you're gonna be a participative leader or you know, democratic leader, sorry, I really need this protein shake, I'm starving. I'm over here, I'm gonna starve to death, all right? <laughs> um, it works really, really well on our team because it allows everybody to have a voice, right? And that's something where if we don't forget, we are in a volunteer sales force, it can become something that is super detrimental to our growth, 
Okay. So as the leader, you are somebody then who offers guidance a lot. Okay. But you're also somebody who's participating in the group and allowing opinions from inside the group. Does that make sense? And what happens when you allow people to have an opinion is you get higher quality. I'm just being honest with you. I have seen inside of our company, outside of our company, in all kinds of stuff. I've seen these leaders who just make total decisions immediately without asking anybody. And then I've seen the people who, who say, hey, hold on a minute. I'm not great at, I mean, I can think about a million reasons, a, a million examples on here, okay? So it, it would be like me not wanting to collaborate with Mel about trials. Have you lost your mind? Okay, I mean, I'm a badass at selling trials, but when I see somebody fill up an entire vehicle on repeat with trials, it would, I don't want to be the authority on that. I want Mel to talk about it, right? Or I rem- do you guys remember when Kelsey told, I told Kelsey, well, if you're not going to do Facebook and you're not going to do in-person stuff, well, then well, you need to do something, all right? I, I'm not, I don't want to hear you complain. Do something. She, she goes, I'm going to do something. And she does TikTok, and she blew up. It would be like me saying, what are you doing? I already talked about how TikTok is for kids. TikTok is for this. Instead, allowing her to not only know how to be transactional, but also actually build it to build all the other platforms. Think about the ripple effect of something like that simply from taking a democratic leadership approach instead of an authoritative, you know, oh, well, I already said we don't do TikTok on the empire. But while I say that, how many of you have been part of something. It could be a job you've had before. It could be a team you've been on before. It could be a, a sporting team you were on before. It doesn't have to be a business team where that was how it was led. Right? It's like if somebody knows a trick, somebody knows a shortcut, you know, up, down, left, right. I want to know what the shortcut is, man. How many of y'all played the Sims? Did anyone play the Sims when you were younger? How many of y'all cheated like me and you remember the cheat code Rosebud? I don't know why I just remembered that. <laughs> Man, my Sims houses were balling, okay? Because I would rosebud that hoe all day. I had endless cash flow. I did send them to work, but only because I really, I don't know why. I just wanted to advance them and then burn them in the, in the backyard. You know, like I like drowning them sometimes. I don't know, my poor little simoleons. Um, but anyway, I, ha- like I found out the cheat code. I found out the hack, you know what I mean? I wanted to keep hacking it up. And so... Why would you make things harder for yourselves? Why would you make yourself struggle when you see the different strengths on this team? You know, maybe some of you are just awful at moving your new people into business. Well, haven't you noticed how good Lee and Tracy are at that? They're running the whole flipping chat, right? Are you really not great at getting people to buy those mega packs and it frustrated you? Why wouldn't you have reached out to Sasha Franz? Now, I don't speak German, so I could have sat on the calls and not understood a word he said, but... Uh, did you notice what happened in Germany, Switzerland last month? Anyone else see what I saw with my eyeballs? Like, I'm just making sure you saw. He led people. That was a strength that he had higher than all of you. All of you. The entire, just to like not even exaggerate. Some of you are like, really? Really? Sasha Franz? I know. He's like a little underdog. We love him. Okay. He's not, yeah. I don't don't know. He's just like a silent little, (laughs) he's just very German. He's not an underdog. We all know how good he is. But like, anyway, the whole team, when I last looked, had 400, the whole team, 440 mega packs. Okay. But we couldn't figure out how to pull Europe. Okay. And then Sasha's team alone put, I think like 120 something mega packs in. 
I just want you to mathematically go through that for a second here. They're not even open, you know? Like, what is the level of belief? What is he doing to get that kind of buy-in? Because it's not a simple thing like, let me run a call. No, no, no. There's something going on behind the scenes. How is he getting that level of belief? What is the level of buy-in? Why are the Germans so, like, maniacally obsessed with Sasha? There's something happening there. And you can't know by stalking him because he's not speaking your language. So you better have a friendship with him. You better build a relationship with him. But if you try to replace me on these trips, I will come for your head, ho. Okay? All right. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. But really, we love us as a Franz, okay? All right. But that's that participative leadership. You, you have been on teams before where you're not allowed to talk to people. I know most of you have. Well, that's not how this is here. So if you see somebody better than you at something, reach out. Find out what is going on. So these participative leaders, they encourage not only the Greek, the, the, the ho of the week. Ho is the word of the week. It is. I'm so sorry, but I'm not. Participative leaders encourage group members to participate, but here's where the leadership comes in. You still retain the final say in the decision-making process. So something you might see a really good participative, participative, whatever, leader do is the buy-in. So how many times have we, now some of you know this and some of you don't yet, but whenever there's an idea, whether it comes from me or it comes from somebody else, it goes to the rank eights first, okay? It goes to that chat. We talk about it. We have a Zoom call. We go over things. We say, what's the gap here? What's the gap there? How can we scale this? How can we do that? What the hell are you doing, Renee? Talk to me, all right? We go through this, this channel and we say, you know, do we, should we do Empire Games? Should we do a retreat? What do, you, what do you think? We collaborate together. In my mind, I go, okay, this could work. This couldn't work. Uh, let me kind of schedule it out. Can this fit on a calendar? Okay, 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 okay. Ultimately, I have the final say, but I've collaborated with all the rank eights right? After we've decided collectively from there, it's, it goes to the ProChamp chat, okay? We start having conversations with the ProChamps. Should we do a ProChamp Zoom? Do we need a Zoom on this or should we just do it in the chat? Okay, cool. Everyone's bought in. They're excited about Empire Games. Let's tell the champs. And then after the champs, it goes all, and, and sometimes the champs, you guys are giving me great ideas and then I take it back up and we go through the whole process again, right? It's not like you can't give ideas too. And then it goes to future champs and then it rolls out to the whole team, right? So what I'm trying to say is everyone gets buy-in, but ultimately, if I didn't want to do Empire Games, if I didn't want to buy prizes for this, if I didn't think it was a good idea, if I didn't think we should have buy-in from Mega Pack, if I didn't think we should be talking all day long about the Bahamas, do y'all see that leaderboard, by the way? My God. Oh my God. I'm so proud. Okay. Um, then, it, then it's a no. So you still have ability to veto. You still have ability to say, this is our team. Okay, this is, this is Alicia's team. This is Leah Ray's team. This is, this is Bree's team. This is Shauna's team. I'm saying no to that. That doesn't work for me. And there's been plenty of times. And it doesn't have to be something loud and crazy. It's like not all the rank eights are, do, are leading an Empire Games team. And that's fine. You know, there's, there's literally no drama. It's like sometimes it's not right for them. And sometimes it is. And that's okay. But you're the leader who gets to decide where you are in your business and in your life. Make sense? So the important thing about being this democratic leader is you're going to make those team members and those followers feel like, feel like, because they are, feel like a very important part of what you're creating. That fosters the level of commitment to the goals of the group. It's the reason why when we've, we said, hey, we're going to do 4 million in group, right? People were like, hell yeah, I'm all in. 
But how many times have you said, just sell one more box for you and your family? And they're like, I care about my family. They won't sell the box for their family. They'll sell the box for the whole empire. What is that? Right? And it's very confusing to some of you, but a lot of people are here for the community and a lot of people are here for the overall goal. And especially when it's something that they feel like they, they came up with as well and they're a part of, they explode. Like this Empire Games thing, you're going to have people on your team who will never have shown up for Mel Humphrey. Never once show up for you like, I want the, whatever y'all are called out there, the Titans to win. I want the soul stack. I'm so loyal to Adele. I'm going to snatch all the souls this week. Okay, weirdest team name ever. I don't know what's going on or what you pervs have been thinking about, but um, this is probably just a trickle effect of the leadership of the team. <laughs> Not kidding. All right, all right, all right. But anyway, so that level of commitment, if we can all get more of our teams committed to our overall goals, will explode, right? Like I will tell you, I'm positive what Sasha is doing because he's mentioned it to me for years now, but I feel like now he's seeing, oh, I can do this and I'm pretty sure he's communicating it at least to his leaders, he is dead set on being the first ranked 10 team. Like dead set. Like he said that from the day he was recruited. I'm not exaggerating, guys. Like I still remember four years ago, he's like, I'm going to be your ranked 10 leg. I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, Sasha Franz. Like whatever you say, buddy. Right? I did not know he was not joking. The man's clearly not joking. Right? Anybody else with volume higher than him is blown out. Sasha's not. So I feel like Sasha played the long game. <laughs> this must be a little German trick. Germans, let me know. Is this what you Germans do? You just come from behind and just, wow. Okay, we see you. All right, it's going to ask if I'm singing again. Whitney, don't make that face. All right, so I don't know what's going on, but he's, yeah, he's taking the turns fast or something, okay? The next kind of leadership style. Has anyone already identified? I know I haven't given you all of them yet, but how many of you are like, oh my gosh, like I kind of feel like that is like, a that's like a little bit me. Yeah, yeah, I like to be that. Yeah, cool. All right. So the next style is um, the delegative leadership. Delegative leadership. Now here's the problem is that these people are just quite frankly not very productive. And if this is where you are currently living, it's okay that it was a stage of your business, but I would very much so encourage you to move out of this, okay? Everything cannot be delegated by you, okay? You cannot expect your teams to do everything for you. Some of you have been in a stage of business there and you've noticed, oh my, holy Toledo, this is not working well, okay? And, and again, these are stages. So like there have been times, like right now I'm about to get into crazy content mode again just because I feel like my energy is really good. I mean, I never, like, I never delegated everything, but there was a lot more delegating going on for a while. I needed that season of, if I don't chill, I'm going to come on these empire calls and I am going to be barking orders at them. And, um, I'm going to be thinking of someone's head, someone's, someone in my, in my mind who's pissing me off and they're going to be on the call and all the mean stuff that I say that I pretend is not directed at one person is absolutely directed. Okay. I mean, I just know myself. So I'm like, if I don't step away, I'm going to make Megan George, who is already hormonal because she's very pregnant, just go down a rabbit hole of psycho because I'm, I'm barking at her. Now, I don't know that I've ever had to use her as an example, which is why it's perfect, but you cannot delegate everything, okay? This is, this is going to have a team. Here's why it's scary. You're going to see little cooperation because people follow leaders, okay? They're following leaders. They want to be led. They want to know what to do. And so if you are not somebody who is constantly, not even necessarily the driving force, but constantly the person that they know they can look to, 
you're going to see stuff start to fall apart really quickly. You don't have to be the best. You, you might think that you're terrible at calls or you don't even run team calls because you don't want to or whatever. It doesn't matter. Lead them to the Empire call. Lead them to the, the Empire United call. You don't have to be the be-all, end-all, but you can set an expectation. I expect you to be on this call. I check attendance. I mean, I'm being a little crazy right now, maybe for some of you, but like sometimes you can be delegative at the same time that you're also very present. Does that make sense? Like I was gone. I was on a trip. The telegrams were still going out. My content was still going up. My presence was still felt. And then my presence was also missed enough so that when I came back and I was like, I'm not delegating everything anymore. People went, oh God, now it's time to show up because Jesse Lee's back, right? So you want to make sure you're giving guidance and delegative leaders, they really do offer little or quite frankly, no guidance. They allow the lowest of the ranks, the brand new promoter to come in and make decisions for the whole group. What? Not good. Now, if you're working with a bunch of leaders, like I told you when the rank eights have a call, I'm definitely more in a delegative leadership style when I'm talking to rank eights. Making sense? We're, we're collaborating, right? I want to know what, where they would guide things. I want to know what they think the solution is to simple proven results in Facebook, which by the way, we're not giving points for simple proven results because we have got to start as, we've got to start as champs to move away to move away. We've got to get into this workflow thing. We've got to get into a solution. And I know we're solution oriented people anyway, but if we continue to just go, Oh, half a point for this, half a point, like it's just not driving the right behavior. Right. I know you guys are excited about it, but that's, it's going to come from us. It's going to make us uncomfortable. It's going to make us stretch. It's going to be so good for our businesses. So I hope you're really excited. All right. Anyway, so don't leave everything up to people unless you're in a group of high level leaders. Okay. Make sense. Yes. Okay, so there's other styles too that I'll go over quickly because I know I'm a little bit over time, but there's transformational leadership. And I think that this is the most effective style of overall leadership, okay? These are the leaders that can absolutely inspire people, quite frankly, to do pretty much anything, okay? They can motivate next level. You know, somebody comes to them with a bat, because you know I, how I think motivation is an emotion, right? So that you can be, they, you could bring me, you know, the, the, you're in the worst mood ever. Oh, all this drama is happening around me. You wouldn't believe what's going on in my personal life. That's why, whatever. And these are the leaders that can shift you like this. They can change your entire emotional state just through a conversation. These are the leaders that can direct the positive change through an entire group, right? When, think about when we call an emergency call on the empire and people kind of go in there like, and half in 15 seconds into the call, they're like, Wah! you know, they're like perked up. They're all excited. Oh, I knew I was going to love being on the call today. You know, they get all razzle dazzled and excited out of nowhere, right? These leaders that are transformational, number one skill, and maybe our next champ call will be about this, but my God, the level of emotional intelligence has to be so high, so high. And I know we have bad days and I know we have bad months or weeks or whatever it is. You know, we got to get better at giving ourselves some minutes to be pissed off and then move it forward, right? That's what people are really looking for. And I know it's not easy. If I told you that I am always the most emotionally intelligent person on earth, I would be lying to you, but it is certainly turned into a skill set of mine. It takes a lot to rock my boat, okay? It takes a lot for me to take things personally. It takes a lot for me to get really upset. And it also has been something where I've had to learn, I've had to learn how to leave situations. You know, I know timelines now around people where my energy just drops and plummets, right? I know timelines around situations, right? You might notice I don't go to entire events 
anymore. You know, these kinds of things are because I'm preserving things about myself because I've learned a lot about myself. It has nothing to do with anybody except for I am, I am emotionally aware of how certain situations affect me and I want to stay emotionally intelligent for the entire group. These leaders are also very energetic and I'm not talking, I'm not talking like energy, right? It's almost like maybe you've noticed my energy is still extremely high and extremely strong, but it has also evolved as my leadership has grown right? My delivery is very different. My energy is high. It's just a different delivery. And these leaders are also the most passionate period. Okay. Transformational leaders believe so much in what they're doing. Their level of passion is high. And if you're not, how many of you have stepped, have had moments in your life where you're just not passionate and you're just kind of going through the motions. It doesn't have to be business, but anything. Yes, we all have, right? How has that worked out for you? Have you, were you able to grow that relationship? Were you able to grow that business? Were you able to grow your body to look the way you wanted it to be? Have you, were you able to grow spiritually? Were you able to grow mentally? Were you able to grow your bank account? No, because you walked into it like, I really want to become financially free. What is that? Like, no, no, okay? That, yeah, that let's get, oh, let's get it over with energy. You know, when there's been a sale and you're, okay, here comes another sale. How many boxes did we sell? You know, but how many of us, when top picks came out, you know, you would have thought we were selling something very illegal with the level of passion and excitement and energy that the leadership group had. You know, we didn't even know when they were going to ship. And quite frankly, in Europe, they didn't ship till yesterday. So, all right. (laughs) All right. But anyway, okay. It's so fun. It didn't matter because our level of passion was so flippin' high. We were committed. You know, transformational leaders are so committed. It's so much about their goals. It's about helping the group members get to their goals. And I know sometimes when we're so worried about our own finances, we stop and we don't pay attention to that. Let's get better at making sure we are truly grabbing from the bottom up, right? Who are those people on your team that they really probably would have bought a mega pack if you would have just texted them? They really would have bought uh, a mega pack and they really would have ran for that MVP if you would have reached out, if you would have been passionate, if you would have said, I, Lee, I believe in you so much, man. Like, get the pack, okay? Don't worry about the details right now. I've seen what you can do when you are engaged. I'm gonna lock arms with you. We're gonna put together promos. There's a retreat that's going on for everybody who buys a mega pack. We've got a lot of stuff going on. It's, it's gonna be amazing, all right? I'm just telling you, I'm gonna be here. We're gonna lock arms. We're gonna run this thing up. How many more could we have sold per person? I mean, every single one of you. Just think about these little shifts and little nuances. And so this kind of leadership, it results in higher performance. It results in the team feeling more satisfied, right? And it also, in my opinion, leads to a very low level of attrition. And people have always asked, why is it the empire? Like people don't leave the empire. Like where, it is very rare. I mean, you guys know this probably. You've probably known she's been around a while. How rare is it that somebody whose name you actually know that was not part of your team has left the team? Just like stop for a minute and think. I can literally think of one that straight up quit, that y'all would all know who, who they are. One. It's been five years. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody. I don't know. Anyone think of more than one, like that every line of business knew who they were? 
Well, they weren't a big leader either, but they were like a name. Is anyone, anyone else, anyone think of more than one? I can think of one. I can think of one. Our attrition is super, super, super low. Super low. Okay. So that's because of the transformation that happens. And um, by the way, this is a side note, but I'm excited about this. Um, I think I mentioned it to maybe Ryan Gates or something like that. But um, I, am, I have a meeting tomorrow. I'm really excited with this humongous real estate lady in my area. Like she is a developer of multifamily properties. Um, and so I'm going to put together an actual fund for us to invest in. So um, like that means nothing probably to a lot of you. But for those of you who don't know, that is like transformational money for a lot of us. So um, hi, Sasha. Nice to see you. Um, but anyway, so uh, multifamily, for those of you that don't know, would be apartment buildings. So you, there's no way you guys will be able to buy into that alone unless you guys have millions of dollars sitting around on your own, which I, maybe you do. We should talk. Um, but anyway, so I have millions of dollars. Lisa Grossman has millions of dollars sitting around. A lot of my friends do. And then more importantly, um, the empire. There, and no, nobody's going to let you in on these deals with $10,000 or $20,000 or $50,000. They're always looking for $100,000 or more all of them. But if we can put together a fund for the entire team and then we can all get everybody um, into multifamily properties together, you guys would then be owners of, uh, of apartment complexes. So I'm excited about that. Single family is just way too slow and it doesn't make sense for our income levels and you don't have time to manage those properties, which I know means nothing to a lot of you, but it means a lot to me and those of you who understand real estate. So um, if you're excited for that, well, you should be. If you're not excited about it, you just don't understand what I'm saying, which is okay. We're going to have more calls about this as it moves forward, um, but I cannot freaking wait. So um, that will change your guys' net worth from whatever's in your bank account to like if we buy, let's say we buy four, you know, let's say we collect $4 million we put into real estate, that would be 20, a $20 million real estate portfolio that the empire would have. Just like trying to like paint pictures for you guys. So um, then you have monthly cash flow on it, et cetera, based off of how much you invest, blah, 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 blah. My reason behind saying that is I just talked about attrition. I know y'all aren't leaving anyway, but I want you to think for a minute if you knew how transformational being part of the empire was for your actual entire life, I know you, you know, but I want you to think about that for a second. If all of a sudden I took your 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 extra dollars and I helped you compound it based off of my knowledge into long-term money and actual ownership over real estate for your family, are you really going anywhere? No. And that's not manipulative. That's not scammy or schemy or anything. That's just saying, wow, you were loyal to the empire. Awesome. Awesome. And there have been people that I've exposed to uh, some of the fine, some of the, some of the real, um, some of the investment stuff that I've done. We did a, a champ call. How long ago was that that I told you guys about a stock? Like three years ago? Whole bunch of you made a crap load of money on that, right? I told you one stock deal. And I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't give him financial advice. But then Mark Terry was like, girl. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But a bunch of people did. And then like, here you go, uh, Kayla, in four days, I gave, I gave an investment. It's 15 times already her income. Um, I let Jenny in on that. I let Brittany in on that. I let Sasha in on that. Mate, quite a few people. Um, I, I've made, oh, I don't know, no income claims. Well, it's not a freaking network mark or anything. I think I made $26 million off of it in the last year, like net take-home profit. So maybe more than that now. I haven't logged in in a couple of days. But then taking that and putting that into these real estate deals I'm talking about, like long, like I'm getting, I'm getting smiley thinking about it. Like y'all, like this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is the difference between all these other bozo teams. People are joining, I, don't know, I joined my favorite F9. She made $1,400 last week in her F 
off, okay? Just F off. Just see, like, I'll make us wealthy, okay? That's a difference, all right? Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I did, just did explain it. So, anyway, that is transformational. That is shifting the entire trajectory of your whole freaking life, all right? And that is because of the access to something like this. Um, I'm way over time. Okay, really fast. There's transactional leadership. And this is when you look at people as, oh my gosh, you know, this is just a person where I can make money off of them really quickly, right? I'm not into that, okay? There's a lot of that going on, and that's actually why I don't like customers. And I hate when I say I don't like customers and people get like all, ah, Jessica Lee said, ah, it's not like I don't appreciate my customers. I love my customers. It's that I feel like customers, no matter how much you guys are making resources for them and doing whatever, it's still transactional, it's still, I buy from you, right? I feel like if we turn this into all, the only content once you hit flip and rank four, you're allowed to post is business content. How much would this team shift? And some of you would get pissed off at first. My, my check is smaller. Well, your check is smaller because you're not selling as much at the moment. But what is your long-term vision here? Do you want to only be able to invest pennies with me in my apartment complex, in the Empire apartment complex? Or do you want to say, hey, I played the long game. Jesse Lee told me, only talk about business. Jesse Lee told me, only recruit. Jesse Lee told me, treat it like a business. And now I got 100000 to invest. Like, you're, you're just not thinking right. You guys, you can't scale a business only on customers. It hurts your ego a little bit when you're like, I'm not on the top of the leaderboards. Well, I already reached out to corporate. I said, we got to change this, okay? We got to change it where my leaderboard, I can see in my back office, ranks one through four, who's topping customers, five through six, who's topping customers, and seven through 10, who's topping customers. Because quite frankly, I love y'all, but why are people that are ranked seven trying to be top of customers? There's a difference, right? I talked at the very beginning of this, your leadership style needs to shift. It needs to shift as you become a different leader. There's nothing wrong with being a huge customer acquirer. You know, I know it feels good to get those little, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're all clapping in our back office. Hallelujah. You know, got another woo, woo, woo. Okay, I get it. I understand it. I just want you all to think very much so long-term because if you start getting locked up in the, if I don't go live nine times a day, then I can't pay my bills because I have to sell all the trials, have to sell all all the boxes, have to get all the bundles. Well, what if we focus on, back to transformational, teaching all those rank zeros through four, teach them how to get all the customers, right? So then you start only doing one trial live a week, right? Where you're like, You tell your whole team, y'all get on this live. This is my once a week promoted heavily trial live. I'm going to teach you how to do it on this live and I'm only doing this one. So go watch right now and then you duplicate it and then you give them an assignment. The assignment is due by tomorrow at blah, 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 right? So let them get the customers and let yourselves find the ability to lead. So it's like, this is just, it's just different. It's a different conversation, right? So that's why I don't like transactional leadership because it literally feels like all I'm doing is a little task to get money, a task to get money, a task to get money, right? So I'm not a fan of that. And then there's also situational leadership. And this is the last one, right? Situational leadership. Look, this is where your leadership shifts off of the situation and it shifts off of the, um, hold on a second. It shifts off of the situation. Sorry, somebody was on who's not supposed to be, but we got it. Um, shifts based off the situation. It also shifts based off of the environment. Okay. So it's like you kind of shift from, you know, I got to tell people what to do. I got, I got to sell it to people, right? I got to convince people to buy into the ideas. 
uh, more of a participatory than partic participating, allowing people to take more of a, like a, an active role in decision making, and then delegating. Sometimes when people are in chaos, it's very much so delegating. You know, when COVID started, do you remember the, how many of y'all were around when we were doing the, um, the when, when COVID was here? A lot of you were here. And it was very directive. We had to delegate because people were so focused on toilet paper. <laughs> like we had to tell them, no, we got to go live. All right, tie the podcast. Come on, guys. We got to do this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There was a season for it, right? Where if we didn't show up in people's faces, they were going to go to the news. They were going to go in the chaos. They were going to pay attention to all this outside noise because of the environment. And so it had to be situational where we were way more... Uh, this is what you got to do. This is how we do it. Get on these trial lives, make these posts, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay. And then same thing in your actual coaching style that will also shift. So sometimes it's going to be directing, giving orders, you know, uh, you know, very little guidance, just go, 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 go. Sometimes it's going to shift into more of that coaching style, right? Yeah. You're going to get assignments when you're coaching, but you're also going to get give a ton of support. You're looking for feedback, right? Um, we obviously, we all know about coaching styles and stuff like that, but sometimes it's super directive, right? Sometimes it's super supportive. Sometimes it's collaborative, right? And then sometimes you're in a season of, you need to do a very much so large supporting role. Like, think about this. And now y'all are thinking about people who are going through something in their life, right? Maybe you need to text them a little more. Maybe you need to lead them a little bit differently because they're working through, you know, I don't know, maybe a huge freaking surprise in their life they weren't expecting, or maybe a big calamity in their life that they weren't expecting or something, whatever. You just got to slow down a little bit, right? Like, it, okay, so Sydney just said in the chat, like, it would be like if all of a sudden this week I was just hammering Sydney with assignments. She's getting married on Saturday, right? It's not, it's not, and I mean, this is actually a whole season of her life right now. It wouldn't have been the right time for me to get in her face about coaching or tell her about herself. Or, ah, not that I wanted to anyway, but I'm just saying it, it wouldn't have made sense, right? If somebody's just lost a family member, if somebody's going through whatever, maybe somebody just had a baby. So, you know, when Megan has, has her baby, I'm not going to be barking orders at her. Not, she never asks for that from me anyway, but like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's, that's more of like, okay, more like Leah Ray had a baby. Okay. So did Kelsey Ray. What the hell's with these names? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they had babies, right? I immediately went into, how can I support you? What do you need? And both of them actually were like, I just need to get back on my feet. So what kind of, and I'm like, whoa, okay. First of all, I love you. Is that really what you're looking for? And knowing they just feel like a different identity shift. That's why you say that after you have a baby, right? Like, yes, I'm ready to go. No, the hell you're not. Would you like let your vagina heal for a minute, please? Okay, we'll get back to business later. All right. <laughs> I like that half of you went like this and slapped your hands over your face. That's what happens. Do you know where babies come from? Just make sure you know. All right. And then the last, <laughs> the last, uh, the last um, situational style sometimes is that delegating right? It's little direction and it's little support. It's like, go do it. And sometimes you need that because sometimes somebody is so fully capable, but they keep coddling themselves, right? Like, I don't, I don't need to tell you how to do that. Just go do it. How many of you have had to say something like that to you before? Like, why is, why is she asking me that question? She knows exactly how to do this, right? And so you as a leader get to kind of shift between that. But leadership is always shifting. Leadership is always evolving. It's just where in your stage of business and in your, your journey are you and where is the person that you are coaching, the person that you are leading so you can take them to that next level.